3: Have you ever wanted to try a TTRPG, but haven't been able to make it happen? Are you looking for a top-tier D&D and D&D-adjacent experience with a game-runner that knows what they're doing? Would you like to try a new system outside of D&D, but don't know how to get started? Then come by the Orsac Narrative Universe Discord and try D&D 5e or 3.5, Pathfinder, Monster of the Week, Percent Chance of Failure, or their own ONU system. Just tell them, Roll Britannia sent you to get two weeks absolutely free. So head over to their website at www.orsacnarrativeuniverse.com to learn more.
1: So hello and welcome to Roll Britannia Parlay. I'm Tom, and I play a character called Keth Rostein in Royal Britannia. So in this series, I'm going to be talking to other podcasters, celebrities, and members of the TTRPG community with help along the way from my crewmates from Royal Britannia. So, each episode, I'll have a special guest who plays the game, talks about the game, or even sometimes make Hollywood blockbusters about Dungeons & Dragons. Speaking of which, for my first show, I thought that I may as well go big or go home which is why I found myself sitting down with the directors and producer of the upcoming movie Dunners and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves after getting an exclusive preview of the film. If you haven't seen the film, here's the trailer.
0: On your knees. Okay, chop it off.
1: Chop it off, let's do it. Uh! I'm thinking they're probably sharper stairs somewhere else we're thieves but we helped the wrong person steal the wrong thing and unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known the red wizards created an army of the undead sounds lovely quite the opposite
0: i know i was being ironic i find irony as a blade that cuts he who wields it most especially you're not a lot of
1: fun are you how
0: are we going to pull this off?
1: We're going to need a team.
0: You need school, eh?
1: Follow me to the orifice. Back school, eh? The orifice? Oh, I'll go last. Let's go. I don't mind that. <sighs> he missed.
4: No, that's not good.
1: sick of failing we We could die die. there's worse things than dying i lost everything that ever mattered to me and if we quit now that's for nothing i don't want to see you die which is why
4: i'm gonna leave the room this ends now
1: Bridge is protected by an ancient trap. We must not trigger the mechanism.
4: I may have triggered the mechanism. So, sorry.
1: So, joining me now from Royal Britannia is James, the Dungeon Master. Hello. Alex, who plays Derek Normalbeard the Dwarf. Hello there. Also hello. Chip, who plays Jeff Silverbow, the human, and Paul, who plays Maurus, the halfling. We were lucky enough to get to go to London's Leicester Square to watch the movie before... I haven't. (laughs) ...before pretty much everybody else, even before the premiere. Now, don't worry. If you haven't seen the film yet and you don't want any spoilers, don't switch off as we won't be giving anything away. I mean, I can't believe that it was all about aliens in the end anyway.
0: Yeah, Tom... Yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal
1: <laughs> Skull was a weird route to go down. <laughs> I was good to see that Jeremy Irons was back. Ooh.
2: I did enjoy that. Yeah, but to play an owl. So, bear... what do you all think of the film? <laughs> I mean, I loved it. It was it was an absolute riot for me. Like, um, you I know, know. sorry, Paul.
0: Um, uh, it's about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we sat you next to Rupert town. Yes, yeah, we did. did. We did. Yeah. Very nice. Very man. charming he was too. Uh, Gave us a little good knowledge little... of cinema etiquette
3: as well, yeah. not wanting to uh, leave an empty seat between us and him. Yeah,
0: gave us. Just
3: glad I showered. <laughs> he showered mm. especially for Rufus no. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness, Paul, the um, the film itself was I thought it was, it was a really nice representation. Um, obviously, you go into it as a film enthusiast and D and D player to some degree with a little bit of an expectation and sort of some sort of bar set, but I think that from when i not knowing much about d d as we all know um I, I found the little hat tips that were thrown in were quite nice um and uh, you know as a mild player of d d as we all are now um i could appreciate them which was cool um but equally there is it's, it's a it's a cool storyline it's an it's a good storyline throughout if you did if you know if you didn't have a DD background knowledge you could still just enjoy it as an action film really with a comedy overlay
4: yeah
0: i do, i agree i um i think it's a good fantasy adventure um very similar in spirit to guardians of the galaxy and it's sort of no wonder why you know the found family ensemble um i think there's a lot to love in there if you are a D fan there's loads of different times where we're all sort of nudging each other and being like that's your character that's my character one of the characters fails a quick tc in um oh yes in in the film and i was like oh that's, god that's me they've got me here um there's some really cool um really really cool sequences in there uh, specifically to do with like the druid and the way that that all works i heard um or i read at least in in one of the reviews um or maybe it was in the press pack that they gave us that that they actually filmed that um the beast shape sequence with a parkour expert so they could get the movement right which i thought was really interesting um it flows really well um and i think yeah like i say i think there's a lot lot to enjoy just as sort of a fun fun ride for the film um and it's funny it's really funny yeah really funny it's got a very british sense of humor which is really nice yes
2: for me, it's kind of um, what's nice about it is that you know all we're D and D fans and know nothing yeah, about D and D somehow. Um, yeah, we keep we keep doing this podcast and we keep still not learning how to actually play, which is quite an achievement, I think. But even you know, even if you didn't have that background, I think this film is is one of those things that actually. He's really enjoyable as a product all by itself. Even even if you if you stripped D and D out of it as a concept, and it was yeah. just
0: some other film, but a fantasy theory, fantasy setting, action adventure, yeah, I think it so. would still I stand. Do, I do think so. I think it has a very um, Marvelish sensibility to it, where it doesn't take itself seriously uh, or that seriously. Um, yeah. And I also really liked, uh, and this isn't a spoiler by any means because they've said it, the directors have said it themselves in the in, in a couple of interviews. Um, but I also really like the fact that they didn't do this kind mm-hmm. of fourth war where players playing D&D, it was just an yeah. adventure set in that kind of Faerun universe. you got to
3: sort of live in the world with them, just sort of like how we all want to do when we're playing. Yeah. Um, you just yeah. sort of forget you are people sat around the table <laughs> and just get immersed in the action. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, the fights didn't take two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: See, I told you it can
3: be... Yeah, it can much, be much more slick at rolling, James, clearly. <laughs> we just need to get ourselves and a look, big movie crew. When they crew. sat
2: down at a table, they just sat yeah. down. Yeah,
3: I don't think that was well played. I thought that I was the that. one bit of the whole film that I think didn't, didn't feel right, real to me. I oh, You should take an uh, hour yeah, to easily, sit at a table. Easily. They didn't have any deliberations. Yeah, okay. they, I mean, oh, yeah. they didn't even think if there was two sides to the table. They just knew there were two sides <laughs> to the table. Like,
0: I Nutters. What, however, what I do <laughs> like is the kind of... It does capture... There's a lot of like plan A, plan B stuff, go back to plan A kind of thing. And they yeah. do manage to capture the kind of fools rush in element of D and D. Um, especially to do with some yeah. of the backstory and that the way that the plot itself is set up in kind of yeah. and then there's a couple of flashback sequences that did feel like it captured it really well. Mm. Um Yeah, there's a really great joke with intellect devourers as well that I won't spoil, but I really like that. Mm. Pretty
2: funny. If there was one um if there was one complaint, probably I'd have. If there was one complaint I'd have for it, it would be that there was probably so much yadda yaddering at the start of the movie. It, you could have fitted a whole other movie in that yadda
0: yadda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. feel like the, the which again is very silly. <laughs> And this, yeah,
3: that's yeah. just it. Is it felt very real because you do have to have that sort of go through the characters, learn all the backstories, a little bit enough about them to give a... you know, to care. Um, and then you can get into the action where they might be put in peril. You might go, "Oh no, don't get him because he's really nice, or I really like them. Yeah. Don't get rid of them."
2: But you know, they, they did, they did have treated in a very nice yeah. way, though. In my opinion, you know, the fact that the the exposition was kind of in character exposition, mm-hmm. not yeah, kind of, all, and here's the world with mm-hmm. this and that? It was within, yeah, you know. And I, I quite, you know, again, I, I, you know, it was a nice thing. But... Would you guys go and yeah, watch it again? I'll prob- like, yeah, hundred 100%. percent. 100%. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry
2: Paul. sorry, Paul. Oh, yes. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. We might get you a massage seat as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I would. I, sorry, I think Paul. it's an enjoyable adventure. I think, especially if you go and see it with D and D fans. If you go and see it mm. with um, your family, they'll enjoy it. But I think, I think that there is so much in it that if you are Day if you have an evening where you have a D&D game and then you go and see the movie afterwards I think you'll get a lot of fun out of being like "Ah, that's you on screen ha <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah there was a few <laughs> moments like that Alex there was a few yeah <laughs> a lot of nudging towards me um,
3: I would definitely go yeah. see it again I think it's one of those films where you'll watch it the first time like we did and you will have those little elbow nudges to your mates when you're watching it because you will get the there are some D&D references and things like that that are very overt um and they're very obviously like oh my god it's a dnd thing that is a genuine dnd thing i know about this this is cool but then i think the second and third time you'll watch it there are i feel like with the guidance of the galaxy backgroundings as well as the sort of depth that you can have with um uh, with dungeons and dragons i think that it's one of those ones where you watch it multiple times and and you'll gain a new little easter egg or cool little thing that you'll see every single time um no matter how many times you sort of watch it it's all there's always going to be a different perspective because it is it has that feel of a living breathing story so you almost feel like it could change the next time you watch it even though it's not going to
0: yeah
1: um, I, I, what did you think to some of the locations in the film beautiful really,
0: really stunning oh, there were there were some really, really, really fantastic stunning. yeah they really shot, beautiful um uh, in Iceland Ireland and I, I think maybe somewhere in Czechoslovakia or sorry in Czechia um uh, similar kind of environments to things like they use for Game of Thrones and stuff. The way that they do a certain area of the world um, a certain realm that they have to travel to to get um, this staff of uh, pa- magic um, is uh, modelled off things like the Giant's Causeway which is really really nice touch. The actual towns themselves have um, really clear influence from a lot of the world which Kind of gives you um, a lot of color. It gives you a lot of architectural scope, where all of the environments look different to each other. Um, the the location that the movie opens in is uh, modeled off a bunch of different castles and stuff like that. So that was really cool. And it gives you the variety that you get in D Rather than just like, I don't know, a brown town that you would see in another fantasy thing. You know, it's not like by any means a dark or um, murky kind of color palette film. It's quite bright. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, and the arena stuff looked really cool. I really really like that. The sort of type
3: I, I felt they did it very well. Of well, from my experience of D and D, having a fantastic dungeon master that paints a very vivid picture. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was quite a nice representation of how, you, like Alex is saying, is that you can almost when someone's telling you a, a description of something, you can almost sometimes have that yeah it seems very grey very monotone um, image in your head but actually with the level of descriptions that we're quite used to um, you do get a much better picture and I mean the the sets and the places that they used were absolutely stunning mm. not quite as stunning as that one place that Paul also didn't see unfortunately
0: <laughs> um, but they were equally as stunning
3: <laughs> yeah that, I mean that was beautiful that was truly beautiful. Beautiful, be f- f- really beautiful
2: probably the best the, the most beautiful place you've ever seen and ever <laughs>
3: likely to again I imagine yeah yeah they won't be
2: anywhere I'm as good as back. that. I'm going back. I'm
0: going back. They're not going to release it now. <laughs> they've, they've torn it down. They've put a car park there. It's been
1: pushed back. Um,
0: but yeah, I think the film, visually, the film is really playful. Um, it's, it's Like I say, it's very light, um, which makes it a lot more accessible um, for audiences of, of you know across the spectrum, really, uh, of all ages. And um, yeah, you feel like you're in this kind of playful imagination realm which is really nice so you mentioned earlier alex that there was a guardians of the galaxy
1: feel so funnily enough the the producer of the film was jeremy Latcham, who was the producer on if you didn't know guardians of the galaxy iron man spider-man homecoming and we were lucky enough to be able to sit down and have a really good chat with him about the upcoming Dungeons and dragons on amongst Things movie and here's what he had to say
2: uh so Jeremy, hi. Um we're from Royal Britannia Podcast and we uh, we were lucky enough to be able to see your movie um last week. Yes, yes it was, yes. And absolutely loved Oh loved good. It. Oh good. Right, yeah. That's a relief. All right, yeah. yeah. So we're coming in from a, a good start. spot. All right. yes. So
4: we're starting off at an okay spot. All right, you <laughs> yeah. like the movie? Okay, good. <laughs> no, <laughs> really really enjoyed it. It was um you know I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. Honestly, I cannot wait to go and see it again. Good. I really enjoyed it. Well, we enjoyed making it, so it, yeah. uh, it works out. because it, it was a lot of fun to make, and it's a lot of fun to watch people watch it, which is kind of my favorite part of making mm-hmm. a movie. So I guess, you know,
2: let's start off with a really easy question for you. What was your favorite part about or being involved in in the D&D movie?
4: Oh, man. I mean, my favorite part about being involved in the D&D movie, I like the whole process of making a film. You know, I, I really, I've been doing it for a minute you know I started back at Marvel in 2004 mm-hmm. uh, and so I've been making movies for a long time and I've come to find love for every part of the process I love developing movies I love like starting in the early stages and working on a script it's kind of fun at the beginning because like anything's possible you know like you can go to the moon and you can go underwater you can <laughs> go to outer space you can go here you can do anything it's all possible at the beginning and then like slowly like some realities start to settle in and you can't do everything and like there's a budget and there's like realities of like shooting and the realities of like how you get it done and so like constraint starts to be fun to play with and to figure out like all right now what do we do how do we make this fit and how do we make it all come together and like what do we really need what can we throw away and what do we have to like really carve out so that part's fun and then making a movie is really fun you know shooting a movie is exhausting and long and people like to complain about the food and the hours and all that but it's come on it's like a lot of fun and editing a movie is really fun. Releasing a movie is difficult um, because you don't know what's going to happen. And you're done. and You can't change it. And sometimes you'll read a comment someone makes and you're like, crap, they're right. Ah, oh, boy. Is anyone else going to notice that? Oh, man. And, you know, so it's like it's like that part's scary and fun. But but then you get to watch with an audience. And that's kind of the whole point of making a movie in the first place is like, I love sitting in a room with a lot of people and watching people laugh and watching people cry and watching people clap and like watching people have fun. And that's kind of why I think we're all in this business is we like going to the cinema and having the lights come down and be like, it's going to ride. And so I don't know. I like the whole process, which is a really lame answer for you, <laughs> no. but I do like the whole process. I mean, it's just, it's a fun journey. It's three years. And so if you gotta, you gotta learn to like all of it because all the parts take a long time. And so if you yeah. hate part of it, you're like six months of your life or a year of your life, you're going to hate. That's not worth it. So I, you learn to love the whole thing. It's just got different, different parts.
1: So uh, do you do you play Dungeons and Dragons yourself before the film?
4: No, no, I did not, and it's and it's weird, but I also didn't read Marvel comics before I started working at Marvel. Oh, really? Yeah. So I am a I'm a I'm a weird guy in in so we, this pop culture <laughs> pop culture space, because I uh, I didn't really I was not really a Marvel fan before Marvel, mm-hmm. and uh, I was not really d and D fan before this movie, and so I kind of like to think of myself like strangely as like a like a cultural anthropologist. Like, I like to figure out what people love, mm-hmm. and I like to figure out how to take that thing they love and give them more of it, and, like, figure out what makes it tick, what makes the fandom tick, what makes what makes it fun, but also try to make it so that, like, for someone who doesn't love it, that they can end up having something they love. And so, in a weird way, like, and this is, like, kind of sacrilege, and you get a lot of comments, I'm sorry, like, I, I didn't love, I, I didn't grow up loving Star Wars. Like, I just didn't grow up loving Star Wars. I know, it's controversial. (laughs) And so when the idea of making Guardians of the Galaxy came around, I was like, I'm going to make a space movie that I like. Like, how can I make a space movie that, like, is something I really can dig, right? Mm -hmm. And my wife is a huge Star Wars fan and, like, the biggest nerd in the world. And is like... What's wrong with you? What do you mean by like Star Wars? Like, I just never grew up with it. Like, I didn't love it as a kid. Like, I didn't have this affinity for it. But I want to make the thing that this next generation can have an affinity for. Because I think a lot of what we're doing right now is, like, we're remaking so much stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, this generation doesn't get a chance to have their own say and like, what is their thing? And I was like, let's make the thing that, like, a generation of kids can grow up with. Let's make that Guardians. And so, so in a weird way, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up loving fantasy. Like, I, I didn't grow up loving Lord of the Rings movies, you know? Like, I thought they were a little too dark for me, personally, as a person to enjoy. Like, I, I like things that are lighter and fun and a little more, you know, a little more buoyant. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, can I find a way to make a fantasy movie that I like? So basically, I'm going to take all the genres that I have issues with and, like, find <laughs> a way to make a version of it that I think is really clever or fun or, or, <laughs> or charming or whatever. And so it's kind of a weird point of view, but it's uh, I think it's, it's a lot of fun. And so I, I feel like I've now, like, gotten to be involved in a fantasy movie that mm-hmm. I love. And so now I'm like, oh, I'm a fantasy fan. You know, I like this movie. I think it's really fun. And it <laughs> turns out along the way, I found a bunch of fantasy stuff that I really did love. It all just happened to be from the 80s, you know, like Princess Bride and every story. And like it turned out there was a whole passel of stuff that it all had kind of had this tone before, mm-hmm. kind of shoulders that we were standing on top of, but it wasn't the stuff that I thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? It wasn't the traditional stuff where it's like, Lord of the Rings and, you know, The Hobbit and all that. Like I, turns out, I like this like more different by fantasy and i'm really digging it now i'm a big fantasy fan there you go (laughs) so you're a big fantasy fan are you gonna give uh, DD a go
2: yeah man i
4: mean we started we started messing around obviously during the course of the movie uh Mm -hmm. and the guys john and jonathan are both players since they were kids and so that's like kind of the balance right Mm -hmm. is like you have to have both and so i think i am often like the person that speaks for the uninitiated and says like the joke at Marvel, because I was there, you know, 14 years. Mm-hmm. The joke at Marvel was like, "Well, well, will my Mima and Peepaw like it?" That was the big joke of the <laughs> room. And so, like, we were always joking that we were making Iron Man or Avengers or Guardians for Jeremy's Mima and Peepaw. And it was like the thing, like everyone would be like, "Mima's not gonna like that," you know. And it was like yeah. a big joke in the editing room, but it really was like kind of a in a weird way. And it's like I think it's even in the Marvel history book, like the the big two tome thing that we put out. There's like a whole section in there about like Jeremy's Mima and Pipa, <laughs> which made me laugh. That, that like got written about like is like part of like cinema history or something now. But it was like a it was like a good um, it was a good like North Star for like are we making this for everybody? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of crazy when my. When my grandfather passed away, he passed away while Guardians was, like, right in the release window. And he saw it the weekend it came out, and he fell in love with it. And it was, like, Mm -hmm. this, like, this really weird, like, full circle thing where, like, we've been joking for years, like, it's for Mima and Peepaw. And my grandfather, like, fell in love with Groot. And I remember (laughs) calling Hasbro and being like, can I get the little action figure early because it was a second wave or it wasn't out yet or it was hard to find or it sold out. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, I need one right away. And I sent it to my grandfather, like on his deathbed. And like, he like was like saying, I am rude all the time. And like, it was just like, (laughs) like in this like delusional stages of like, you know, passing away, like he had this thing he loved. And I was like, in a weird way, like we were making it for my grandma and grandpa. It was like so weird, but it's like this beautiful thing when you're making movies because they really are for everybody. Like, it's just like, it's a beautiful thing. Like it's a great thing to do is to make movies and like give people that experience.
1: So um when you're on set.
4: Yeah. Uh, and in between tech did t- was there a D and D cast game going? Did they all play amongst no, themselves? No, we had we had a big game. Once we started shooting, there was just no time. I mean, like no one's like the 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 image of everyone hanging out on set is so like <laughs> not true, you mm-hmm. know, because like it's just work. I mean, you show up and you're working thirteen hours a day wow. and people are coming and going and everyone's gotta get into their costumes and their makeup and their and it all takes time and it changes and you know, we gotta Anyway, so there's not much happening when you're playing, like playtime, when you're actually in the, in the thick of it. But when everyone showed up in Belfast for rehearsal, mm-hmm. we, uh, we all started playing. And um, we had, like, one big game. Uh, we, had a, we had a DM from, from Seattle, from Wizards of the Coast, like beam in to our, <laughs> our place. All the actors had gone on with her and had created their character before they showed up. And all oh, yeah. their characters were kind of based on their characters in the film. And uh, everyone showed up, and then we have a DM, and she took us on like a big one-shot adventure, and uh, we had a blast, and like everybody had fun. And I think, in a weird way, it's like the best rehearsal time I've ever seen on a movie set, because oftentimes you come into a movie and you just like, all right, we're gonna have rehearsal, and we've got like the like on, on on Guardians, we have like the 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 Milano like taped out on the floor, and like we know the dimensions, <laughs> and it's like we start like immediately just blocking and getting technical, and we're not taking the time to like play and and then something about like having them sit around a table and throw dice and laugh and like they slowly became their characters and they all slowly bonded together and they started like becoming like friends in that day and then we started the regular rehearsals a day or two after that and like started like rehearsing the actual scenes in the film but i think that that little eight hour session where everyone just like graciously was still jet lagged we just got out of quarantine and we show up in belfast and we got all these sandwiches and cakes and a lot of beer and we're all just sitting around and then we have a dm on a tv from from seattle and we just played and it was it was wild and yeah. it was really fun and everyone came out of the other side of that like oh man i think we're uh i think we're all friends that and was it was big, it was the best the best way to become friends and to find friendship i mean look I, the reason i didn't play as a kid was i wasn't allowed to Right. Oh really? Yeah. it's 80s in Oklahoma and like if you right. remember, there's a little bit of panic around <laughs> yeah. the game at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it was maybe the misund- most misunderstood game in the world because like really all that's happening is a bunch of like like nerdy kids are sitting around, becoming friends and like gaining confidence and interpersonal skills, learn to talk to one another, learn to solve problems and like having a blast. And it was like fun game to watch the cast do that, you know? Because yeah. like at the end of the day, no matter who you are, you just like come into something. You could be a famous movie star. You come into something you're still nervous so many new people, it's like, you still got all those anxieties, like just because you're really dashingly handsome and and super famous doesn't mean that you're not a, a person. I mean, you've been around long enough, around celebrities, they're all real people. And uh, I think it just like erased all the social barriers and just like, let them become friends. Hmm. It was like a really accelerated friendship builder. And I think that's what DD kind of is. That's a great tagline actually. <laughs> accelerated <laughs> friendship builder. There you go. Another my CB, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Now, you say, um, you know, obviously you've worked on some amazing films. Um, how much influence? Because my, me personally, I found that um, there's quite a lot of comparisons you can make between this uh, D&D movie, Honor Among Thieves, and things like Guardians of the Galaxy. It feels like that kind of energy is kind of there. How much influence
4: does that kind of have on your workflow? I mean, to me, I'm always, and I think it's a bit of a, a, a cliche at times about, like, what movies are about from a theme level, but I, there's only one real theme that i'm always trying to get to as like a producer like i think the thing that drives us to cinema and drives us as humans is this notion of like togetherness and like finding camaraderie and friendship and love and and people you know Hmm. and i think that's kind of what we're all doing in our own weird way like you two found each other and decided to make a podcast together and that's like i'm sure you guys are mates (laughs) and like it's the podcast brings you together and you have this thing you found your people and and, like, I think that's what we're all doing, you know? And, and and like, in a weird way, that's what making a movie is. You, like, find all the people. You find all your people yeah, like, yeah. want to go on this adventure with you. But I think that's what the movies are ultimately about. I think the movies are ultimately, when you go to the movies, you want to see people finding connection and, like, finding, learning about each other and, like, on this character journey. And that's, like, the thing that drives me as a storyteller is, like, like, it's about family. Like, it's truly, like, in the, in the most Vin Diesel way, like, it's about family. <laughs> it's all about family. But, like, it's all about family. That's what, what, what's what takes us to theater. And I also, by the way, I think that's what takes us into the movie theater. Physically, as, yeah, like, yeah. people. Like, I think we walk in there, and the lights go down, and we don't know all these people going in, and we come out the other side of it, and we all have a shared experience of how that movie played that in that two true. hours. And it's different than how it played the two hours in the cinema next door. Like, in that cinema, there was, like, an angry guy, and he caused everyone not to laugh at something because he had bad energy. And like at our cinema, we had a bunch of happy people and we all laughed and we came out the other side. We're we're friends. We had a good time. And I I think like that thing is kind of what is like why cinema exists. Like it's why it's a communal art form. I think it's like, like I'm super like no offense to all the people that make the streaming. movies. I'm super not into the streaming movies. Like I, 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 I haven't actually ever, maybe two in all the streaming era that I've actually watched top to bottom in one sitting of a streaming movie. It's not the same. No, like, I go to the cinema and I have fun with friends. Like it's, it's turns out like I like, and even I think some of these like recliner seats that we're making them too wide and we're all too far <laughs> apart. We're yeah. losing some of the energy. Like I, <laughs> like I love like being like, we were in uh we were, we were in Paris the other night at the, at the Rex and it's the biggest cinema in uh, in Europe and it's 2,700 seats. Wow. And there are these tiny little seats from like the 1950s or something And that room, man, like it's electric because people are all like bouncing off each other and you hear their, breathing at the same rate because things are all happening and it's like that's movies man like it's like the communal experience yeah and so yeah there's that theme in all the stuff i've worked on kind of i think it all comes down to heart and i think it all comes down to like connection and like finding your way and like yeah i think that's like I think that's what we're after
1: and the question that we all wanted answering is would there be a sequel and this is what jeremy had to say
4: one final question for you is is there going to be a sequel and can we be in it um we're very cheap very cheap okay well that's <laughs> good to know well here's what i'll say about the sequel I have gone out of my way to make sure that we're not talking about a sequel, sure, um and I think it's because I think Hollywood's gotten really cynical the last few years, and I think there's been a lot of things that have had like a cliffhanger ending and a tag at the end, <laughs> yeah, and then you come back and you're like, that's never gonna be resolved, <laughs> like we're never going to find out who the man in the hat is. let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's just not gonna happen, like no one cares who the man in the <laughs> or whatever yeah, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. that happens at the end of a movie that like promises you more. And what I said from the outset on this one, I was like, guys, like let's not fall into the trap. Let's just make a good movie. Because without one good thing, there's nothing else. Like if we can't make one good thing, then no one's gonna care how many clever tag scenes we had at the end that promised you more mediocre things. And so we really went out of our way to say, let's not like plan a sequel, let's not set up a bunch of things, let's not put a bunch of Easter eggs that are about setting up things. There's lots of Easter eggs, but they're about the world. And they're about like the world you're living in. And they're about the movie that you're in. There's not like, oh, look, I just saw Beholder's Shadow go by. (laughs) No, like if we get a chance to do that, it'll be awesome. And it'll be, it'll mean that we got there on our own merit because people responded to the film and went to that dark room and all laughed and cried (laughs) together and had a good time and came out feeling different. And that means they want more. And that'd be great. And I, I, you know, nothing would make me happier. But I just, I really felt it was important not to plan on it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's cynical. And I don't think, I think people could smell it now. And I think people are <laughs> yes. a little tired of it. <laughs> yes. and so, I mean, hopefully you guys were relieved when you got to the end and it wasn't like, here comes the Yeah. <laughs> like It's like, all right, well, if, we, if we're lucky enough, we get there. Um, so I would love to continue to expand the universe. I think it's endless. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was not our plan. Our plan is, as Kevin Feige once told me, if you have a good idea, put it in the first movie. Because there's no right. promise nice. of a second film. And... Uh, Coming fight you for a reason. So, you know, yeah. you listen. Brilliant. Thank you guys. Thank, thank you so, so much. It's been a pleasure yeah. to talk Was to that you. Fun? To, yeah. Really oh, yeah. enjoyed it. Go love ahead. the movie. Yeah. Can't wait to see it again. Honestly. Awesome. <laughs> I really love that, man. It makes it a lot easier to, to chat with people when I think the movie some people respond to. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for getting the word out.
1: So, in my mind, Jeremy didn't actually say no. I didn't hear him him say no. like no. No. I didn't Maybe. hear him say no either. Mm. Mm. So I guess you need to keep an eye out for Dungeons and Dragons two,
2: starring, starring Robertania, Robert yeah, I mean, no at yeah. least
3: <laughs> these. Then, if we're getting involved, we'll, um...
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the casting is going to be <laughs> the cast of Robert Robertania, then yeah. Chris Pine, yeah. <laughs> then yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to we'll be let top let Hill Hill obviously. Have effect. a little yeah. backseat, L- like a couple
0: of lines, I guess.
2: I mean, I'll take the also starring at the end, <laughs> yeah. You know, last,
0: you know, and <laughs> then oh, I'll, I'll take that. I won't, James. And then again, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as
1: long as our names are bigger than the actual yeah, the movie right. title well, on the poster, yeah. so I'm happy with that.
2: <laughs> Roll <Robert, laughs> yeah, um No, but I mean, I, I you know, I thought it was really, it was really great to talk to the Jeremy. He was prepare, lovely, um, really nice man. He had some really interesting insights, and you know, the, his uh, his view on the old uh, sequel. Uh, you know, I really respect that. Mm. And it's a really nice little tidbit. Um, I think it's, um it, it'll be, I'd love to see one personally because I really enjoyed the movie, but obviously we've got to let the world decide. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to see us in a movie, because he hasn't said we can't be nope. in it, the important thing is to tell everyone you know to go and see the movie several yeah, times.
0: and then also write reviews that say, yeah, write reviews so that, that we say, I saw this it. movie, really enjoyed it. Please put Rob Britannia <laughs> in you the you next one. It or was just missing it, robert, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just one note. <laughs> um, But no, he was, (laughs) Jeremy was really, really lovely. Um, You know, he he had a really nice chat. He's got a very, like you say, he's got a very good perspective on um, filmmaking and he's obviously got loads and loads of experience under his belt. Um, It really does show actually in the way that this film has been constructed um, that it's, because obviously he mentioned in the interview that um, he wasn't necessarily uh, a huge fan of D&D before. They made the film. Um, well, I think he said he'd, he'd never, never played, played it before. It before. Yeah. yeah, processing yeah, started. Lad. really. Good lad. And um, yeah, that's the spirit we that we like. Happened. And uh, he yeah. clearly kind of identified in the directors that they love D&D and he wanted to give the fans more of what they want from d and um, And it definitely shows. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's really good. I like, really liked his thing, like you said, about... Um, his kind of perspective on the sequel, and he mentioned to us obviously the Kevin Feige thing, which I think is a really nice piece of advice. Yeah, and it does feel like all of the good bits I, that they had thought of they put but, in the film. S- so, you met yeah. the
2: directors, I do, you know, it, it was nice to be able to see, you know, because actually, we all came out of that movie and thought, you know, actually, this this really has a vibe of a sort of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of energy, like timing, comedy, like action sequences, feels like very Guardians of the Galaxy, and we kind of thought that before we actually knew. That the producer that was involved in it was from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, very much so. And um yeah. So, you know it, I loved how they all played before Yeah, As I mean well. that, that little story, that was, little great story was great. Yeah. That was and a great deal to If there was a way to get your cast into the mindset of D and D, there there probably is no better way than
0: playing D D. A hundred percent. So you you know that's gotta be a, imagine. A, that's gotta be a imagine first, being sure. around that table. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Imagine being a DM be. and trying to keep like Chris Pine <laughs> on on track
2: over video <laughs> yeah. call as well.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh god!
2: Oh. Well, if oh, they need any advice from outrageous. us,
0: You know, they need any advice from us.
2: Yeah, they should go to an Airbnb instead. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah
0: they
1: I think I don't think they'll be. Pack- they be, we'll be as sweaty as we are. <laughs> That's no, just because we're
2: so we sweaty in the last one. You were. was fine <laughs> So you, you spoke right. to the
3: directors as well then. So, Yes we did But how can I You're going to tell us all about that Don't do it, to a trap
1: It's an absolute trap Which is why you'll have to join me next time Where James and I will be chatting to the two directors Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly And they are really Into Dungeons and Dragons So I oh, can't wait. You'll really enjoy can't that wait. one. In the meantime, if you cannot wait until that and you want to hear more from the crew of Royal Britannia, then go and listen to all of the episodes. They're all there on wherever you catch your podcast. you listen from. to this mm-hmm. one, to be heard. And yeah, just scroll um, up
0: yeah. or down. Mm. So, either either way, way, the
3: thing works.
1: <laughs> They're everywhere. Just hit play. play. Just hit play. So thank you very much for listening. Yes. And we'll see you next time. See okay, okay, you
3: next bye. time. bye. bye. Okay.